Thanks for listening to the Freedom Fellowship Podcast. We experienced some technical difficulties when recording this message, and the first couple of minutes did not get recorded. We apologize, but hope you enjoy the rest of the message. Ecclesiastes 12, 14 says this, For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. I mean, that is a God who, who it tells us that everything is under his, under his watch. It's under his control. He's going to bring into judgment everything. All right? Look at 2 Timothy 4.8. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. That is a, a showing that God is a God that not only as we might think of in a negative thing, but there's a judgment that comes that will result, result other than in salvation, good stuff for us. So, you know, it's, it's kind of balanced out when we think of the judge. Look at uh, Luke 12, 14, uh, 4. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. We got more scripture there? Yes, but, sorry, I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. You ever read that scripture? I mean, that's in the gospel. That's in Luke, right? That, that, that sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? And if, you know, if you, if you read that in context, you know, don't, don't fear those Pharisees and don't fear those teachers of the law and... Don't fear human beings. If you want to really be afraid of somebody, you need to have that in proper perspective. Fear the one who is the one who can decide your eternity. That's the one that we should fear. So, uh, again, not to, uh, not to bring uh, everybody pumped up. <laughs> Y'all ready to go home? Out? Mm, that's some good stuff, boy. Just read that scripture. That's some good stuff. But that's in there, isn't it? And there's plenty of others that are there. Um, that, that I didn't choose to, to read to you today. But here, here's the thing that I want you to think about. Now, don't check out on me. I, can, I, I bet in, in this number of, of people that we have, some of you are already, you're, you're just on the edge of tuning out because you don't want to think of God as being a judge. You think that's unfair, that's wrong. In your mind, you're even saying that's really not who God is. Don't check out, okay? Just, just stay with me because... If we are going to teach that we should read the Bible and that we should hold the Bible as God's truth, then we can't pick and choose which verses that we should uh, stay with just because they make us feel good. We've got to teach it all. And we've got to keep it all in perspective. So just hold on. It gets better, I promise. So just stay with me. Um, So here's the thing that I want you to think about. When we deal with God, it's serious business. When we deal with God, it's serious business. Now, both in a good way and in a bad way, it's serious business. Now, I know, and some of you probably have thought these thoughts or you've said these things, but here's the, here's the problem, I think, that we can get into. People want to think of God as the man upstairs. They want to think of God as my best bud, you know. They want to think God as my, my best friend. And, and, and those are, can, can be good qualities, but here's the problem. If that's not balanced out with some kind of judgment, some kind of God who is able to judge, then what you have is this person or this entity that you think that only tells you the stuff that you want to hear. You know, and, 
unless you've got a really, 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 really good best bud, best buds mostly are interested in protecting your interest and very rarely will want to do anything that would cause you any harm for your good, right? Best buds. The man upstairs portrays that that's just some gray-headed grandfather figure who just wants to put everybody on his lap and give them a sucker and send them home for the parents to deal with when they get hyperactive, right? <laughs> so, and, and again, don't, if, if you've said that, I'm not saying don't feel guilty, but I'm saying in our minds, I think as humans, that is the way that we gravitate toward. We want to see God as this loving, kind, gracious, and that is part of it. But we've got to balance it out on the other side with having the full picture of who God is. It's serious business. It's not light-hearted stuff. I mean, after all, God spoke creation into existence. Do you know anybody who's done that? Has your best bud done that? <laughs> you know, has the man upstairs? No. You know, God is serious business. He spoke creation into existence. He created this complex human body. This is a God who is very powerful, right? So dealing with God is... Um, it's very serious business. And it's not only seriously bad, but it's also seriously good. So I want to look at a couple of those things. Let's just, um, oh, let's just go ahead and get the bad stuff out of the way. Let's talk about the bad, all right? Everybody's got a smile for me first. You're starting to get that serious, bad look on your face, all right? All right, let's, let's, look, at, let's look at the bad stuff. Now, I, I'm just going to tell you some things that you may know, but just to kind of make sure to keep things in perspective. And next week, Cliff is even going to go into more detail than I do today. So I'm kind of skimming across the top of some things, but just to put it in perspective. Here is, here's, here's the bad part first, okay? Go all the way back to the beginning. In your Bible, in the book of Genesis, you can read all this. But if we go all the way back to the beginning, that God had created Adam and Eve. Okay, you familiar with that story? God created Adam and Eve. And what happened was, God told them, hey, you can do pretty much anything you want. You can eat from anything in this garden, but do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is the only thing that's off limits to you. Do not do it. Everything else, have at it. Do whatever you want. What'd they do? Right to the tree of good of knowledge and evil. And they ate the fruit. It's like after it rains and there's a mud puddle. And parents, you tell your children, stay out of that mud puddle. And they look at you and say, thanks for the idea. <laughs> I'm going to ride my bicycle with no fenders on it, wearing a white shirt. And I'm going to have a strip all the way up my back. Right? I'm going to go jump in it. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. He said, you can do anything you want. Just don't eat from this tree. They went to that tree in direct disobedience to what God had told them to do. There is where the problem started for all of humanity. That was a direct sin against what God had said. And as a result of that, God had to judge that sin. There were consequences to that sin. God had to judge that. And the penalty for that sin was death. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but until... They disobeyed. My perspective is God never intended uh, for there to be any death. Because also in that garden was a tree of life. And he didn't say they couldn't eat from that one. He said don't eat from the knowledge of good and evil. So it's my perspective that they had a choice of choosing life or choosing death 
And they chose death by disobeying God. Does that make sense? And that's important to grab a hold of because God said, okay, here's the problem. You've disobeyed. That means there's a penalty. I have to judge this. And God decided that the payment for that sin was going to be death. Not only did they get kicked out of the garden, but there had to be payment for the sin. Now, if you'll read in Genesis, you'll see that Adam and Eve, after they ate of that, it says they realized they were naked. They, they began to understand all kinds of things. And, and that was a problem. And they knew it was a problem. Up until then, it wasn't a problem. Oh, the days. Right? Just to be walking around in your birthday suit and nobody had a problem with it. Now they've got a problem with it. Right? So they knew they had a problem and they tried to cover their own selves with leaves. They made some kind of leaves. They tried to cover their nakedness because now they had been able to understand all this stuff and sin had entered the world through their disobedience. And they tried to make a cover, in a sense, for their own sin. They tried to cover it up on their own. And if you'll read a little bit later, you'll see that God replaced that, those leaves with animal skin, which means what had to happen to the animal in order for God to get its skin. It had to die, didn't it? And blood had to be shed. So from the very beginning, the penalty for sin, the proper penalty to take care of sin, required not us trying to fix it on our own, but God fixing it, and it required death. Now that's harsh. It sounds harsh, but God's the judge, and that's what he decided. And so uh, all throughout the Old Testament, you will see um, that there were uh, sacrifices made when people committed sin, they would go to the temple and they were, they were required to bring certain types of animals and things and the priest would offer sacrifices for himself first because he was a human and then he would take those animals and blood, those animals would be slaughtered, blood would be spilled on the altar, a death would have to take place and for a temporary fix, that would kind of take care of their sin for a short-lived period of time. It kind of was a short-lived atonement or a covering, but it was just temporary. All right? So all throughout the Old Testament, that same God didn't change his plan. Still death is required for sin to be, a t to be taken care, uh, care of. Okay, now again, that's very fast and very quick, but you can read through uh, Genesis uh, and, and see that for yourself. But um, here's the thing uh, that I want you to see. So the result, that, that result of Adam and Eve resulted that it passed down to us. Look in the book of Genesis. That's the first book of the Old Testament. Chapter 8, verse 21. If you've got your Bibles. Uh, by the way, I, I was uh, thinking just this morning. You know, we, we encourage you to bring your Bible. Please bring it. Um, here's the thing that I thought of. You know, we put it on the screen in case you don't bring your Bible. Uh, this, these words are taken from the Bible. And just because that is not in a bound book form does not mean it's not God's Word. I mean, you know, we think of this as being God's Word because it's in some kind of cover and it looks like what we know a Bible should look like. But it's the content that's important. And that's still God's Word taken, taken from. So, But we still want you to bring your Bible because then you become more familiar of knowing where it is in your Bible and helping to, to read it and do other things. That was free, completely free, and uh, not a part of God's judgment. Aren't you? See, I gave you something that wasn't bad. Isn't that nice? All right, look at, uh, at verse 21. It says... Um, this is Noah building a, a sacrifice to God. And it said, The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, 
Never again will I curse the ground because of man. Here's the important part. Even though every inclination of his heart is evil from when? Childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. That's God after uh, talking to Noah uh, after the flood. But that just tells us that what happened when Adam and Eve sinned, that was passed on to all human beings, even from the very beginning, that we are that way. We are sinful creatures. That is, that is what it, the result of what happened with Adam and Eve. Thanks, guys. Right? Write you a note. Send Adam and Eve a card. Tell them, appreciate you passing it down. You know, it's like, it's like being in school. And you're sitting in the back and you think you're minding your own business and there's a couple people cutting up and the teacher says, hey, if, if y'all classroom doesn't settle down, no recess for the whole class. And so you shut up, but the other two keep talking, and finally the teacher says, all right, that's it. The whole class does not get to go to recess. And you look at those two guys, and you want to go punch them in the mouth, right? It's like, thanks, guys. Appreciate you doing that for us. In a similar way, not that we don't deserve it, but in a similar way, that's what happened. How many of you were around when Adam and Eve were here? <laughs> I wasn't, right? But here's what happened. That happened with them. That made a curse on the whole human race, and that requires, uh, repl- applies to us if you're human, right? That applies to us. So thanks, guys. Appreciate you passing that down to us. And so the sin of Adam and Eve, and this is important. Listen, it wasn't like it was some isolated event with two people way back when, and whenever the animal was killed to cover their sin, then they were good, but... I'm a good person, and I haven't sinned yet, so it's okay. It's not like it was an isolated event. It was an event that affected all of humankind from then forever on until there are ever no more humans. It was something that was affected the whole human race. And that's important to understand. The whole human race. So sin is a human condition, and it's only to be judged by the Creator of humanity and God is the only capable and qualified judge now next time you speak creation into existence maybe you can put your name in the hat and maybe you'll have an opportunity to do something like that right okay are you with me all right so that's important to understand without making all that connection the idea of accepting Jesus and all that kind of stuff can get all confusing because we don't understand that it's something that is required by God who judged sin. It's not something that we can make up on our own. It's not something that we can do with deeds or good works or church attendance or anything else. We have to understand God, the judge, said sin, the penalty for sin, requires death. All right? Woohoo! All right. Here we go. So, here, here is, here is the, the, here's the thing that, that we need to hear. As human beings, we are all condemned from God's judgment. Nobody gets excited about that. I mean, a little amen or, or something. That sounds harsh, but you have to come to that understanding. As human beings, from the get-go, we're... Condemned. No good. Lousy. Losers. Worms. Right? Okay. Y'all have a good week. Cliff's going to tell you about the good news next week. Think about that on your way home. 
Look in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through the one man, going back to talking about Adam, right, and Eve, therefore, since sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to, what's the next word? All men, because how many? All have sinned. You and I are in the all, right? There's no other category that you would say, well, I'm really not in the all. I'm in the occasional or sometimes or just a few. We're, we're included in the all. And the Bible carries, now this is in the New Testament. The Bible carries that over from way back when with Adam and Eve. This is all the way over a thousand years later up to, to, the, um, to the New Testament. It's still the same. It hasn't changed. God didn't change his mind, okay? That's important. God didn't change his mind. A lot of times we talk about the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. Well, the God of the Old Testament was this, 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 and then Jesus came and everything was love and wonderful and everything's good. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament, and as far as what's required for death, the law that was established, nothing has changed from the old to the new. It is the same requirement. It is the same law. Does that make sense? Okay, so Romans makes that clear. Uh, for us i think it makes us uh very clear so that is the seriously bad stuff okay y'all good take a breath exhale all right now let me tell you some good stuff here's the good stuff god sent jesus to take the punishment of death for you and for me. Right? That's good stuff. Look at Romans. You're in Romans in the book of Romans. Chapter 5 verses 15 and 16. But. As opposed to what was just said just a while ago. The gift. Meaning Jesus. Is not like the trespass or the sin. For. In the many, uh, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? You are included in the many. Again, verse 16. The gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification, right? That's good news, all right? See, you're still in the all. While ago, he's feeling kind of down because I said you were condemned and that was bad and I said you were in the all and you all went. Now, you're still in the all. I'm talking about Jesus being the good news. So that's good stuff, all right? Here's something else to think about. Remember, there's this law that God established. Death has to happen. Death has to take place in order for sin to be taken care of. Jesus, when he came and died on the cross, he met the requirements of the law, and he dealt with sin. He was the one and only, ever before, never to ever come again, perfect sacrifice that was able to fulfill completely the law that God had established. Listen, God did not change the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. The pronouncement that God made on sin way back with Adam and Eve carried through all the way until Jesus came. And God didn't change it when Jesus came. God said it's still the same, but guess what? 
all those animals that had been sacrificed, they were temporary. They had over and over and over again. Now God says through my son, this is the perfect sinless sacrifice. He will fulfill the requirement of the law. And that is so very important to understand. He fulfilled that. Look uh, back in Matthew. If you're in your Bible, go back uh, several books. You're in the uh, first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5, 17 and 18. Do not think that, this is Jesus speaking, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to what? Fulfill them. As I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will be any means will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Do you see that? He didn't Jesus didn't say, Hey, now that I'm here, we're gonna kind of change the rules a little bit and all that law stuff that's really not important. You know, God's changed his mind. He said, I didn't come to get rid of it. It's still there. My father, Jesus speaking, basically, God, my father, is the one who pronounced that judgment. That is the penalty for sin. That is the law that the creator of the universe required for the penalty of sin is death. And I haven't come to to say, hey, God, that's all right, but I'll take care of, of this thing. We'll just change the rules. He said, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill what my father put in place way back when, when Adam and Eve sinned. Does that make sense? So Jesus fulfilled the law. And he upholds the law by keeping its requirements and paying its penalty of death as the perfect sinless sacrifice. All that other stuff just didn't work until Jesus came permanently. The perfect sinless sacrifice. Now, you may be thinking this. Hey, I thought you were supposed to be talking about God as a judge. And now, here it is. You just brought it all the way back around again. Now everything's good. Everything's just good. I thought it was going to be about God being a judge. Everything's good now. See how that works? Well, yeah. It it is good. For those who trust in Jesus to take care of that penalty of sin for them. It's bad news for those of us, maybe you, who think that somehow you can take care of that penalty on your own by being good, by going to church, by being moral, fill in the blank, whatever. If you think, well, you know, that Jesus stuff, I'm not sure, but I'm a good person and I can do this. And this is, this is very, very, very important. Listen to this. Here's what happens when we do that. Well, look, at, look in the book of John. You're Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the Gospels, chapter 12, verses 47 through 50. Jesus again speaking, he says, As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge them, for I did not come into the world, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. For I did not speak on my own accord. But the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that His command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Jesus is saying, listen, it's not me that's pronouncing judgment. God has decided that. And God has said, if you don't believe in me, that is judgment for you. Because here is what happens. When we don't accept 
Jesus as the perfect sacrifice for the penalty of sin, which is death. When we don't believe in him and trust in what he has done, what we are saying is, I can fulfill that law on my own. I don't need Jesus to do it. I'm going to do it on my own. And again, you can, you can convince yourself that you can do it by saying, well, I'm basically a good person. I, I, you know, I don't do horrible things. I'm a good husband. I'm a good wife. I'm a good daughter. I'm a good son. I, I, I go to church. I put a little money in the plate, in the bucket every now and then. Surely God will see that and know that I am a good person and that will take care of the penalty. I am trusting in myself to take care of the penalty. Does that make sense? And what happens is, it doesn't matter how good you can be, it doesn't matter the things you can do, it doesn't matter how much money you give, it doesn't matter how nice you are, it doesn't, none of that matters. On your best day, doing everything to the best of your ability, you will fall short of that penalty that Christ paid. And the judgment for you is the full wrath of God in hell. Eternal, eternal death. Do you see the difference? It's a matter of saying there is a penalty. It requires death. Jesus fulfilled that law and has taken care of that. And the only thing that I need to do is trust in what He has done. That is the only way that I can escape the full judgment of God as far as eternal uh, destiny is concerned. That's the only way. When I try to do it on my own, God may say, now I don't know if God will use these words, but to me what it's thinking is, okay, you want to try that on your own? You go ahead. I provided a way for you that is the perfect way. You can do whatever you want, but you'll never make it. You'll always come up short because how many of you here are perfect? If you, if you read the Bible and the verses that I showed you earlier, you'll know we fit into that, that we're nothing but evil from childhood. Anybody ever here lived a perfect life and have never committed to sin? All right? See, if you admit that, you have to also understand that even if you trusted in yourself, no matter how good you can be, you are disqualified because you're a sinner. And there's nothing you can do to change that. You'll never not be a sinner. So no matter what you try, no matter how old you get, no matter how wise you get, no matter how good you get at coming to church, no matter how much money you get, no matter how moral you try to live apart from Jesus, you're going to experience the full judgment of God. Because the law is the law, and it had to be fulfilled, and the only way it could happen is through Jesus. That makes sense, right? And that's the way that it is. Now here's the thing that I love. God is such an awesome judge. How many judges do you know if you were going to be put on trial would call you aside and tell you what you needed to do to avoid the penalty that he was going to give at the bench? Anybody, has any of you ever been in a court situation where the judge personally pulled you aside and said, hey, listen, you're fixing to go to jail for the rest of your life. But if you'll just say this, if you'll just do this, you're off the hook. I don't think that's ever happened, has it? God is an awesome judge. And the idea that he, he pronounced this judgment, he made it known to us. It's not like he's, ha, 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 watch me make them burn. You know, it's not like he's sitting back waiting to say, ooh, boy, they're going to get it. 
I think it breaks God's heart. And I think he had to do what he did in pronouncing that judgment. But what an awesome God that he didn't leave us in the dark. And you know what else is also awesome? Go back and read in Genesis after Adam and Eve sinned. That tree of life that was also in the garden that before they sinned they could have eaten from if they wanted to. God put guards around that because now they were in a sinful state and he didn't allow them to eat that fruit so that they would be in an eternal state of death. Isn't that awesome? That's a, what a protector. So God is a judge. It is real. It is serious business. But man, how awesome is it that he told us the end of the story and said, this has to happen. But if you will just believe in the one that I sent to take care of that, you can live forever. That's awesome. So here's what I want you to think about. That is part of who God is. And as the scriptures told us in Psalms, God still, and however he chooses to, exercises his judgment and his wrath when he chooses in his way, it still goes on. Like it, lump it, or not. That's the way it is. Now, I'm not saying every time you get sick that God's, you know, yeah, wham, you shouldn't, you know, you sin, boom, I'm going to give you a disease or something. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Scripture says God exercises his judgment and wrath every day. So I just know that God does that, and I'll trust that he'll do that in the way that it needs to be done. But it's serious business. So here's the question that I want to ask you this morning. Are you trusting in your own self to take care of the penalty that the judge has already decided that needs to happen? Or have you trusted in Jesus to take care of that penalty for you? And it's so black and white. With Jesus is, among other things, eternal life. Apart from Jesus, whether it's yourself or something else or another religion or you fill in the blank, apart from Jesus is eternal death. And there's nothing you can do to change that other than believing in him, in Jesus. And the good news is this. If you're able to hear that today, no matter what you've done, no matter what you thought, no matter what you've rejected up to this point, today is the day when that can all change. And you can turn to him, and hopefully by looking at that, maybe some things have been made clear for you, and you can understand, gosh, there is no way that I can do this on my own. I have to, I have to believe in Jesus. Not the church, Jesus. And today you can, you can do that. And the Bible tells us that by believing in him, that we just admit that we've sinned. We accept his gift to us by paying that penalty of sin for us. That we tell him, thank you for paying that penalty. And I want to believe in that and trust my life to you. No magic words, that's kind of the gist of it. That is awesome that God will allow us to do that. So I want to challenge you. I, don't know, where any, I know where some of you stand because I, I know some of you. But if you have never trusted in Jesus to take care of that penalty of sin for you, today is the day to do that. You don't know if you will live out when you step outside these doors. You don't know how long your life will go. Today is the day while you can hear and while you can respond. And it is serious business with God. Not to scare you, not to try to make you make some decision and scare you into doing something. But if you can see the, the facts as they've been presented today, it is an obvious choice that you've got to make. And to not choose Jesus means you've rejected him.
So I pray that you'll do that. I'm going to ask the, the band is going to come up as we close. I'm going to ask if you just uh, close your eyes. Not because that makes it more holy when we pray, but that will help you from being distracted as people are walking around. And just, just close your eyes. I'm not going to embarrass you or have you do anything that would make you uncomfortable. But I just want to ask you, and you can just answer this in your own heart right now. And you can answer this question with a yes or no within three seconds after I ask it. Do you know that you have trusted your life to Jesus Christ to pay that penalty of sin for you, which is death? If it's yes, just take a second and thank God for sending Jesus and for allowing you to be able to have that option. Isn't that awesome? If your answer was no or I'm not sure, I want to ask you to do this. I want to ask you not to leave this place today without talking to me or Cliff or somebody about what you need to do to give your life to Christ. And I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you just for, you can pray this prayer, nothing magic about these words, but if you know that you don't, have never trusted Christ, you can just pray, repeat these words in your heart if you mean them. God, thank you for sending Jesus. Today I realize that there's nothing I can do on my own to make my relationship right with you. And the penalty for sin is death for me eternally without Jesus. And so today, as best as I can, I just turn my life over and I trust Jesus that he is taking care of that penalty for me. I give my life to you, God. Help me to understand each day the decision that I'm making right now and to be able to live in freedom with you. Amen.